BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in. Hope you're doing great. It comes to you live from the Tyrac.com studios, Tyrac.com. Well, we get there. Unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers, Tyrac.com. So, way tire buying should be. Mm-mm. It's weird, right, in that... When you have a stinker standalone game, you feel, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but sometimes you get a stinker standalone game, you're like, I'm just, I can't do it. I've watched too much football. Like now that there's big time college football games on Friday night, and you know, we had a Thursday night game that wasn't great. Um... But but now that there's big time games on Friday, like I watch football on Thursday, I watch football on Friday, I watch football all day Saturday, and then Sunday you're watching football all day, and you're like, eh, Giants, Bills, Bills get back from overseas, they're so much better, they got beat, they're gonna molly wump the Giants, Terod Taylor's getting the start, that's kind of cool against the Bills we took to the playoffs. But, man, this is not going to be a good game. And then it's 6 nothing at the half, and you're like, wow. I think I'm all in. I'm, I think I have to see how this one plays out. 
this one plays out. Now, it's different West Coast to East Coast. West Coast, there's not as much investment in the Sunday night game as East Coast. And um, I'll explain what I mean. Buyer, for example, for you, like, again, you work Sunday afternoons during the the 4 o'clock East Coast window, 1 o'clock West Coast window games. And I would guess if you were on the East Coast, because you're like me, you have a little one. You would when you put him to bed, you'd tune on and you'd you'd watch it. Whereas now on the West Coast, that's kind of those are your hours with your kid, and you have dinner on a Sunday and you've been working. You know, it's, and it's not like you only work during the hours of the show. You're working the four hours before the show, watching the early Sunday game from overseas, watching the first couple games, prepping and whatever. So I guess the, my question: What was your level of investment in last night's game? Well, I had uh, an investment with Buffalo because I did pick them in a survivor pool. Okay. However, however, and I think I said this, maybe you know the days all blend in, but I know that I've said this on this program at least at some point that if I had to do away with a football window, it would be Sunday night football. I would. I do not need Sunday night football in my life. I like the Thursday night game; gets me started. Monday night game by itself. To your point, I've just watched seven hours of football prior, and in the London game case, there's football prior to that. I didn't do not need Sunday night football, so I can understand why someone would tune out or watch the baseball game or do whatever last night. Uh, Jay Stu, what was your level of investment? Again, it was the um, the almighty YouTube TV. Yeah. Um, what was it? The split screen. Split and, screen, yeah. And you could choose which ones you have a volume on. And I chose the volume for the baseball game, and I watched the football game. Now, weird game because you had the the situation happen with the Bills running back. You had an ambulance taking a player off a field. You had uh, fights going on in the end zone, and then that weird play at the end of the half. So it was like I had to turn the volume on to get the update on everything that was happening. So that ended up being the uh, monopoly of my attention last night. Um, I had I was at someone else's house, and they are baseball people, and so I was watching football on the phone. And then as soon as the baseball went final, I was like, "We got to watch the end of the football on the big TV." We flip it over. And um, and I watched the last couple of drives of of the game, but it's a it's a weird deal, you know. Depending on your life, the Sunday night. I like the Sunday night game when it's really good, really big. Dan, I I think the the one that throws you off is the overseas game. You're like, do I have to get up for it? It's so early on the on the West Coast because that makes for just a crazy long day, right? Four straight football games is a lo- that's a long day. And especially if you're invested in Saturday and you watched a bunch Saturday, that's a lot of football. That's 12 straight hours of football. And I love watching football on TV. I think it's the early game that throws you off, not the late game. I think there's one that can go away. It's the, it's the game in Europe. But that's only three, four times a year. Like There are many times where I'm like on Sunday night football, after the whole weekend that you just explained, where it was... I mean, yeah, to me, it's just, it's too much. It's why Monday night, like, I think stood out so much back in the day because it was the only game in town. There weren't any other games leading up to that week. I just, I I have not warmed to the marquee Sunday night football. When it was ESPN, TNT, like, there was a while when it was on TNT, but most of the time it was ESPN. 
you you could pick and choose if you wanted because of the matchup to to lock in. But now the matchups kind of are what they are, and I I don't know. I just I feel like I almost have to watch it. Who did the play by play? Was I remember it was Joe Theismann and Paul McGuire, Mike right? Pack, uh, Mike Patrick, Mike Patrick, yeah. yep, Mike Patrick. No, there was that, a there was a wasn't there a former tight end in there? Is that Mark May? Was was he a part of the broadcast or not? Am I thinking Thursday nights? I, Mark Mark May I thought did studio for ESPN News when I was there May Day, right? Did he do anything? Yeah, he used to do college football final as well. Yeah, I don't think. Oh, but, Mark May, Mark May, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm thinking of uh, yeah. Mark May used to do college football final with Lou Holtz, right? Yes, yes. But uh, I I I don't remember. Maybe. I know it was Patrick and Theismann. I think yeah. that was the big one for ESPN. No doubt. Yes. Yeah. I, for whatever reason, I remember Mark May being a third or maybe like a one-off Mark May season. I don't know why that sticks out in my mind. Possible. Very, very possible. Uh, tonight's a big Monday Night Football game. I'm fired up about that one, right? Um, it really does show the lack of faith in the Chargers. We'll get to that in a second. First, here's uh, Brian Dable. Explained that the end of the half when Tarod Taylor chose to run and not pass, resulting in them running out of time and thus getting no points. What happened in the first half? Um, had a play called. It was a, a run action pass play um, and ended up alerting it to a run. They get it off. Here's Tarod Taylor on the play. Alerted to a run, thought I seen a look that was beneficial for us, and there wasn't the right call. And that, that falls on me as a quarterback, as a leader, as the one that's communicating everything to everyone. Got to be better in that situation. Yeah. So, so here's my assessment of what took place. Like again, he thought he saw something that, based upon their film study, dictated he should run the football. Right, based upon his film study. That was the look he was talking about. The difference is the time and score element to it where you're going to run out of time if you run the football. So even though, you know, even though technically you may have, if you saw the right look, you may have been supposed to run the football, you got to understand time and score. But I also thought that that affected their play calling late in the game. You know, even that last play where uh, they were in cover zero, I'm talking about the Bills was in cover zero on the untimed down. Like, why wouldn't you roll out Tyrod Taylor? Sorry, Tyrod Taylor, as we learned that from Hard Knocks a couple years ago, right? Why wouldn't you roll out Tyrod Taylor? The guy can still run, can obviously throw. Instead, you know, I mean, I guess Darren Waller was open, and that was pass interference. Like, and, and part of it is... We don't, none of us have, I mean, I guess Bayer did because he had the Bills in a survivor pool, but none of us really had any skin in the game. And when you're neutral, like, I understand hand fighting happens and they don't call that stuff. But part of this is, it's brilliant from the Bills. Like, they called pass interference to play before. They're not going to call it two consecutive plays. And there's, Waller could not elevate, let alone get his left arm up because it was being grabbed and it was a jersey pull. It was very, very obvious. Very obvious. And you can't necessarily point to that play, but why not? If that play gets called a penalty, granted, they're going to get another play. That doesn't mean that they automatically get the points. But the assumption is the half yard line, you know, with another untimed down, there's a stronger likelihood than not. And again, I would say the Bills, they should pass interfere again, like make them call it again. 
Make them call it again. Make them call it again. They had to score a touchdown, but how different would the Giants' season look at two and four as opposed to one and five? Now they've lost four in a row. Remember, they have the Commanders and then the battle for New York City against the Jets, then the Raiders. Those are three winnable games. So that's that's the that's the downside to not making that call. The brilliance to the Bills is I believe that they were they were told if it's close, just grab the guy. It doesn't matter. They're not going to call it. And if they call it, we'll do it again. If they call it, we'll do it again. It's also a team in the Giants that got Saquon Barkley back. And in the second half, uh, really looked like he got his feet under him. A couple of big runs. And in a scenario like that, I know that you were saying they were selling out. um, But... Yeah, couldn't you run the football? Yeah. Well, you, you, what you would do is you'd spread them out. You'd run a little read option where Taylor can to, can make the read, and you know Saquon would probably have to beat one guy. You know, had to beat one guy. So it would have been a better play call, but they didn't. And and you and you move on, and the Bills survive, and the Bills go. To, and think about the Bills season, right? They're four and two now. If the Giants score there, they're 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 you know. They're three and three. Granted, they have some wins coming up. Patriots on the road, which seems like an easy win. And then the Buccaneers at home before they go to the Bengals. And then they got Broncos and Jets. Back end of their season's really tough. Really tough. This show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Now, I, I, I hear where I disagree with you Dan, is this in those standalone games? I still have a little bit of energy, but man, I got to be into it at halftime. Or yes, I will click it off. I'm just, I'm, I'm done. But last night I was really into it because it was close, and I was like, this could be interesting. And it was an interesting, exciting game. And as Jay Stu pointed out, there was a bunch of other stuff, right? Damien Harris getting uh, carted off into the ambulance. He's okay, by the way. You know, you had the fisticuffs, dudes throwing down. Sunday night it gets it gets nutty. If we could if we could just for a second make this about me uh, okay. today. Let's do that. I had like a I had a Doug Gottlieb moment on Twitter. I sent out a tweet that I thought was pretty innocuous. Um and it was about the way Dayball handled himself going into the locker room and it just caught fire overnight. Like it's one of those things where I woke up, and this doesn't happen to me. I'm, it happens to you all the time, Doug, I'm sure, because you have so many followers. But I don't have a tweet go viral, and I wake up to all these mentions, and I'm like, whoa, what the heck just happened here? I don't know. I, I basically just said that uh, Brian Dayball showing up as quarterback in front of the cameras, I thought was was uh, him sh- telling the world or telling the cameras that it wasn't his fault, that it was his quarterback's fault. And he could have waited three minutes to have a conversation with him in the locker room. Now, you just talked to TJ Hushmanzada last hour, and he was basically like, like, heat of the moment. It's not ideal, but it's the heat of the moment. Um, and I actually, just as a barometer, sent a, a text to our guy, Rich Ornberger. I'm like, am I way off here? And Rich Ornberger said, I would rather have a guy undress me in front of cameras than undress me in front of my teammates. So that that's an interesting angle on this, but I just couldn't believe Doug and, and most of and you could probably relate to this. Most of the people reacting to my tweet 
didn't even get the point that I was making. They just wanted to call me a soft jerk and a, a leftist fool yes. for, for, for saying that coaches can't yell at kids or whatever, whatever it was. Yeah, I don't. If pe- people want to take singular comments and make them about something political all the time. It's really. Uh, we do a You're Annoying segment if you listen to the pod, the In the Bonus podcast. Those are probably. They can win any day. Those are like the most annoying people on earth. You know, like I just I want to talk about it. Basically, you want to make a comment about America going soft. And obviously the problem, every problem in the world stems from somebody who's you, you deem to be liberal. And you want to put that in my Twitter feed that had nothing to do with it. Not, under, <laughs> not understanding anything about what you're talking about. Right. Doesn't matter. Uh, it's 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 a fascinating world we live in. Well, okay. Welcome to the world of pissing people off. It's a world in which I live in, and you're apparently renting space in. So that that's good. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Stug Alley Show, Fox Sports Radio. If you like using debit over credit, don't you think it's time you get rewarded? Well, now you can with Discover Cashback Debit. It's a checking account that rewards everyone with cash back on everyday purchases with no fees, period. Check out eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Let's play a little game we play on Mondays called Love and Hate. Love. What did you love? God, I love you. And what did you hate? Meet these player haters. I'll just be honest with you guys. I'm going to start this one out, okay? Um, I loved Colorado losing up 29 to 9. Because, I mean, look, I had a freezing cold take out, out of it. Because at halftime, I pointed out, like, this is the example of NIL, what Colorado can do to flip a program. And the speed was so impressive. They were honestly running uh, Stanford off the football field. And you might sit there and go like, okay, you're just a hater. No, 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 I, I love the fact that those, the kids from Stanford, they went in and they figured it out, you know? They figured it out. And I had never heard of um, Alec, uh, a Yeoman, Yo, Yeomaner. A, a, I don't even know how to say his last name. Like, the dude has 28 catches on the year. He had 13 catches for 294 and three touchdowns. And uh, the one that sent it to overtime was a moss, right, a moss of Travis Hunter. And I think the game plan, I could be wrong, but I think the game plan was to go at Travis Hunter as often as possible because he was worn down from playing both ways. Both ways. But I just love that. That was to walk into a locker room down 29 nothing, not wave the white flag, come back, chip away, chip away, scored 19 uh, in the second, in the third quarter, and then still, I mean, Colorado woke up, played good football, and still find a way to win. That was awesome and impressive. I loved it. Dan I lo- Byer, I loved it too. By the way, oh, you did. Okay, loved good it too. Uh, Jay Stu, what do you want? To do? You got love and hate. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I, so, this is what I loved, and this is going to sound familiar, guys. Um, Jared Goff uh, covered the spread again. The Detroit Lions, I don't know if you guys knew this, but the Detroit Lions uh, have a share of the best record in football for the first time since 1993. 
Think about where you were in 1993. I was right in the middle of my college years at Cal State Fullerton. Uh, that's how long it's been. I think that was a Scott Mitchell team. I, I You could fact check me here. Um, since they have had a share of the best record in the NFL. Um, I love the Lions' story. Ever since they started 6-1 and one, or 1-6 one and six last year, they've been amazing. And again, Jared Goff is now 16-4 and four in his last 20 games against the spread. The odds makers and the gambling public make sure that nobody could be 80% against the spread. That means you and me, that means teams, and that means individuals. And so that means that they, they must factor that in when they, then they put out the odds for Jared Goff games, and he's still beating their butts. Um, it's something to be impressed by. And Jared Goff, for a second week in a row, in a row I love you. Uh, okay, what about you, Dan Byer? I love that Oregon and Washington lived up to the hype and was the game of the day yeah, on Saturday. Game. Great atmosphere. It was just, it didn't have to be under the lights to add something to it. It was an afternoon game and uh, decisions and playmaking. And yeah, it really had everything in, in what is a huge rivalry in college football that I'm, I'm, Honestly, still not sure that some of the country understands how big Washington and Oregon is. And for those two teams to live up to the billing, and we may see a rematch uh, in the Pac-12 title game, but that was that was awesome on Saturday. I, I also think, and you know, those of us who are West Coast guys, Husky Stadium has always had an incredible location. It went under, it underwent like a three hundred million dollar plus reno. I want to say a decade ago, and. Um, uh, they did a they did a great job, and it's it's very unique. It's everybody makes a deal about the water, but also you got the the kind of awning that only Oregon has yeah. for part of it too that, that covers it from the rain. Uh, it's a it's a big time place, and uh, that is it, it. It was great to see that part of the country. It's really important for college football that that part of the country is represented. And the Michael Penix story is amazing, right? He had this incredible year at Indiana, tore his knee at the end, transfers to UW. But, I mean, let's just be honest. When he was at Indiana, if you thought he would be a pro prospect, let alone a Heisman Trophy candidate or maybe even favorite, I think you would have been a little bit overboard in terms of your infatuation. Now look at him. I mean, now he – I would – this This is, sounds crazy – um, two things happen. One, transferred to the right school with the right offensive coordinator. But also, I kind of think the knee injury was the best thing that happened to him. I, I do. And, and I, I don't ever wish that upon anybody. But it's made him much more cautious. You know, this Ryan Grubb dude is amazing. Highest paid offense coordinator in college football. And that marriage is spectacular. And then, of course, you also have the Dan Lanning, who told you who he was about going for it and how he was going to play and fast and loose and whatever, even going back to the Colorado game, and it came back to get him. But, I mean, like, look, this is on brand for Like, why is Dan Lanning going for it? Like, Dan Lanning told you exactly who he was a long time ago. And people thought he was running it up against Colorado, and he's like, no, this is how I play. I agree with you. That was a fun watch. That was one of those where... Yeah, Cowherd was like, do you want to go to the game? And I was like, do I get to fly in the private plane with you? Uh, that was one of those man missed opportunities. That's a, that was a great game. And didn't uh, we see, and I, you know, I thought I saw this and I had mm-hmm. to listen to it and I'm not, I'm hard of hearing. Mm-hmm. Was Desmond Howard 
doing some kind of chant on game day that includes the chant Big Penix Energy? Like, yes. that's a thing? Big yes. Penix Energy. That's brilliant. Yes. Whoever thought yes. of that? Yes. It's very subtle. Did some I have uncomfortable no idea dance where you're like, damn, Desmond, that's you dancing? That's, that's <laughs> kind of... Okay. All right, John Ramos, something you love the weekend. Um, I just have a quick question. Did yeah. Was Tim Brown the, the last Notre Dame player to win a, a Heisman Trophy? Did okay. Rocket Ishmael win it? I thought oh. Rocket... Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, right, Rocket, cause, yeah. Because I was watching the game, and they showed pictures of all the USC and Notre Dame players that won the Heisman Trophy, and it showed Tim Brown, and the, and the guy doing the play-by-play said, that's the last Notre Dame player to win the Heisman Trophy. And I went, I don't think so. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I, I don't, Wait, hold on. I'm looking here. I thought Ismail did win it. He he I like finished how, second. Oh, he finished there second. you go. Oh, that's I like how none of this could have been done in pre-show. Oh. Like, <laughs> and this was on Saturday. Let's hammer this out on the yeah. air. Make us all look bad. <laughs> wait, wait a second, though. Hold on. Was Who was doing the play-by-play? Was it uh, Jack Collinsworth doing the play-by-play? Um, I heard a lot of bad on Twitter was abound about how bad the, it yeah. was. It was Jason Garrett, I think, was doing the analyst as well, so... I, I personally have no problem with it. I'm just saying it was. That's what I saw on Twitter. A lot of not negativity toward the two. There's negativity on Twitter, John. You don't <laughs> say. What was the thing you loved from this week? I did. I was about to say I loved that. I've always felt like Notre Dame and USC is one of the best games that I grew up watching. Uh, and I can't imagine the last many years where there's been a really good game. It's been pretty much lopsided. And to see Notre Dame win that game, my dad was a big Notre Dame fan. Uh, uh, and actually, you know, put a hurting on USC, I thought was something that was very, very needed in that uh, rivalry. So, yeah. You know, that takes up my hate. If I could just jump the line okay. here, since we're on the same subject. I mean, um, the opposite of John. His dad was a big Notre Dame fan. Well, my son is a big USC fan. So it's like, I hate when things that he loves lose. And I literally sat next to him as he's sad, confused, like, what's going on here? So I hated the fact that USC lost for the opposite reason that John loved that Notre Dame won. It, it basically, this right here is epitomizes this segment, John. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, okay, what about you, Dan Byer? Some of you hated this weekend. Well, I, I have no dog in the fight, and I didn't mind seeing the Eagles lose. But the whole decision-making by Philadelphia – to allow the Jets to get back into the game is just, we were on the air and none of it makes sense. And it's just the pure arrogance of Nick Sirianni to to have Jalen Hurts throw the football on third and seven. And to not just say, all right, Zach Wilson, we don't think you can go 80, uh, 60 yards on us uh, to lead your team to a 40 yards, heck, whatever the case is. They chose to throw on third and seven, which forced the interception. Which, by the way, if the interception is the, you know, you're just tackled where you pick it off, they still only need like ten yards. But because he was able to run thirty-five yards into the, you know, ten-yard line, they uh, didn't have Zach Wilson. Didn't need to do anything. And then when you're the Eagles and you have two timeouts and it's fourteen to twelve, they just let the Jets score. Which to me made no sense whatsoever, because if you try to stop them, you have two timeouts, you would have a minute on the clock if you do, and you're down one, and all you need is a field goal to win that game. And so for them to just let the Jets go and score a touchdown to preserve more time didn't make any sense to me, because now you got to score a touchdown against the defense 
that is pretty darn good. They should have just played it straight up, forced the Jets to try to kick a field goal. I wouldn't have confidence they would score a touchdown in that scenario. And give Jalen Hurts a minute with no timeouts to just get into field goal range for one of the best kickers in the NFL. I think they completely botched the entire uh, final 90 seconds of that game. Um, okay, Jace. Dude, you have oh, you, you had some you, you hate. So I'm last one up with hate. Is that right? I'm no, just it's make you sure. and John. And I, I have one thing to add to what, what Dan just said. I thank Dan Beyer for being the commissioner of our guillotine, a fantasy league, because um, interceptions don't count against your quarterback. And I, I had Jalen Hurts. So thank you very much. John Ramos? Um, I hate the fact that, I don't know if you saw this, Doug, not only the Vic- the Rangers, they started it by saying that they play Creed that gets them going. Now the Vikings and Kirk Cousins said that playing Creed, he credits that with them winning the game yesterday. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe practice might help. Maybe like pregame war, but like how you get prepared for the game. It's hard to believe that actually listening to a song, and you may have a different perspective on this as a player. Did that ever like, like it wasn't your preparation for the game of knowing how to run plays. It was if you heard a particular song that made you win that game. I think that's no a song bit. makes anybody win. The there you game. go. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I I think the Creed thing's a little tongue in cheek. I think because they've uh, you know that 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 band is taking. It's not quite Nickelback level of beating they've taken, <laughs> but a good but a a good uh, walloping nonetheless. Okay. Um, uh, my thing I hate. Oh, man, this one's kind of easy to me. Um, I I really hate the guys that watch the scores. And I think, Bayer, you've seen this. People that determined, well, the number one team in the country is supposed to blow somebody out. Like, every game is different. And you start comparing scores. The transitive property doesn't work in sports. And the transitive property of A equals B and B equals C, then A must equal C. And the example of that one is Georgia, you know, and and uh, and if you go back to to you know to who they played, right? They played Vanderbilt, and well, they they're only up a touchdown. And you look at somebody else that played Vanderbilt, and what that final score was, and you're trying to compare. It's just dumb. It's just dumb. If you win all your games, you get to keep playing. That's generally the way it works. If you win all your games, you get to keep playing. Um, you don't do common opponent thing. I hate common opponents. Hate all that stuff. It's really hard to win. It's really hard to win on the road. And now Georgia will have to win without Brock Bowers, maybe for the rest of the regular season. He's going to miss the Florida game, going to miss the Missouri game, going to miss the Ole Miss game, may miss the Tennessee game as well. Could be back for the SEC championship game. And they have been, teams have been getting closer to them. But no one has beaten them. And uh, there's something to finding ways to win games. I hate score comparison guy is my hate. And this weekend was a perfect example of it. Anybody else want to go ahead? You also saw it with, and I don't mean to name names, but Heather Dinich of ESPN is really good. (laughs) Did bring up the... Michigan Ohio State. That, that was the one. It was the Michigan Ohio State one, right? Where yes. Michigan played Indiana the first game of the Ohio season. Ohio State did, yeah. I mean, so Ohio State played the first game of the season, and she's comparing the score of Michigan Indiana to Ohio State Indiana, and it's like a month and a half, two months ago. Indiana actually has a different offensive coordinator and a different quarterback than they had then. And oh yeah, by the way, Ohio State didn't know what they had. Right? They just named a starting quarterback the week before. Like it's just, it's just so lame. I hate that. 
And it doesn't take away from the fact that she's good at what she does, but that level of analysis isn't quality analysis. It's like, go by the numbers, tell us what the committee thinks, tell us why the committee thinks. That's your job. So, Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Do you guys see Chargers are a dog? And uh, Jay Stu is fired up about this. Like, man, everybody's healthy, coming off a bye week, and they're a point and a half dog against the Dallas Cowboys who just got mollywhomped. But, I mean, I guess, I guess here's the thing. There is no team that instills less faith in you or in themselves than the Chargers. And they're 2-2, two and two and they made the playoffs last year and nearly made the playoffs. They went one play away from making the playoffs the year before. And I know they're healthier than they've been still without Mike Williams. But as an ardent Charger fan, they are as good or better or more talented than the Cowboys, especially with the Cowboys' injury issues, right? But, I mean, do you have faith in them, Jay Stu? Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hand off Barkley. Plows his way to the right. He gets stood up and stopped. Down to eight seconds to go. Seven seconds to go. Six seconds to go. Down to four. Taylor trying to get his team lined up. And they don't get the playoff. A terrible mistake by the Giants as they don't get the playoff and get no points out of it with a first and goal at the one. Coach Debo is livid. So the Giants go to the locker room with a 6-0 lead, but they had first and goal at the one. They elected to run it. No sense of urgency. And they were not able to get unpacked and did not get another playoff. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. That's our progressive play of the day. Progressive makes things even easier. They help you bundle your home and car insurance together. You can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Uh, first and goal. Man, from the Giants radio network, the Giants end up losing that game at the one-foot line on an untimed down in regulation, 14-9. to Let's get to the press. The press. Danny B. Dan Byer, what do you got? Doug, the Texas Rangers have finally recorded an out in the first inning, but not before putting three on the board so far in the top half. Texas leads the Astros 3-0 in the first inning, top of the first, game two, one out. Texas also has runners on first and second. So Amazing. Every- Bruce, everything Bruce Bochy touches in the postseason turns to goal, right? Yes, and prior to game two, he announced that their game three starter on Wednesday will be Max Scherzer. Wow. Yeah, how about that? How about that? I mentioned Marlins GM Kim Eng stepping down after three seasons. ESPN and now other outlets are reporting that the team wanted to bring in a president of baseball operations. Now, Eng had the uh, full authority to make roster moves and whatnot, but that would have been diminished. She would have been second in the decision-making process. His ownership wanted to bring in a president of baseball operations. So she decided to step down after three years. Didn't she do a good job? Yeah, they made the playoffs. Yes. But hey, let's bring in someone else. And uh, so a change with the Marlins. Uh, Same old, same old for the Tennessee Titans. By the way, did you see the fielded punt at the end of the first half in London? Uh, (laughs) Tennessee chose to, uh, to field their punt with 
one second left, and it was muffed and then recovered by the Ravens, and they kicked yes. a short field goal. Yes. Uh, that wasn't the worst thing that happened to the Titans on yesterday. Ryan Tannehill got injured, and yes. now Mike Vrabel said today that the quarterback suffered an ankle injury similar to what he had last season. That forced him to miss five games last year and forced him to have offseason surgery, and now the Titans may be without Ryan Tannehill again. They have a bye in Week 7, but still after that, there's even some issues. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I, it's interesting to me that the Titans, I think I have more faith in Vrabel than other people do. Like, I just think he's a fantastic coach, but it does appear that the Tannehill thing has run its course. Yes, I agree. Uh, yeah. And, and heck, they were shopping Derrick Henry for a while and, uh, he's still playing there. So they haven't moved on from that. No, and and you know they they tried to draft a quarterback going back to last year that didn't work. So this probably ends up being a transition year for them. They lost their last seven to end last year, so a, a tough go in Tennessee. Bears likely to be without Justin Fields against the Raiders in Week Seven. He's doubtful to play because of a thumb injury. Um, yeah, that the Bears thing obviously. They continue to bury themselves deeper in a hole. This is after he played two weeks of good football. Uh, but, you know, you hear thumb injury, you automatically think of Russell Wilson and him rushing back from it. And for a guy who struggled, it actually may be the best thing for Justin Fields to stop, take a look, and kind of reassess exactly how he was playing. Maybe it helps him. You know, gives him a couple weeks away so the game slows down when he comes back. Well said, Doug. I think that he needs to stop collaborate, listen, and, listen, and then maybe he'll get on track. Maybe he'll get to, to a brand new edition. <laughs> uh, I thought he's going to be back with a brand new invention. Oh, uh, no invention? I'm not sure. Well, you know what he's putting on his his uh, his thumb, don't you? What's that? Ice. Ice, baby. Oh, good good, good work, Doug. Oh, man. We should get into comedy. It would be like a duo just back <laughs> yeah. and forth. Have you ever seen co- a comic duo, guys? It's kind of amazing what they're able to do. <laughs> Yes. You don't see it much these days. You don't. You don't. Scalar Brothers and there's like two others. Although I've been on a, a, a kick of just listening and watching Will Sasso do his Jesse the Body Ventura imitation. Is it good? Oh, my Oh my God. It is. And I just, the last two nights, it's basically all I've done. And it's just, just laughing and laughing. I'm sure it's not new, but uh, it was, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, Panthers head coach Frank Reich no longer calling the plays in Carolina. They're 0-6. Now that duty goes to offensive coordinator Thomas Brown. <laughs> Which uh, apparently was the plan all along to give Thomas Brown these duties, but not this quickly. Every time they're like, this is like a, you know, like spoiled milk. Here, you you drink it. No, no, you drink it. No, you drink it. I mean, I, I think we're running to the possibility that Bryce Young's not going to be good enough, but we'll see. It's still early, but again, that trade to trade up to give away their first pick, which right now is number one overall and would be the Bears' property, is uh, yeah, is something. A Lions running back, David Montgomery, is going to miss some time. Also, running back Kyron Williams of the Rams, he's likely to miss week seven. Not thought to be a long term injury, but does have a sprained ankle. Finally, Doug, Kansas, the top ranked team in the preseason AP Top 25 men's college basketball poll. Duke is second, followed by Purdue, Michigan State. Marquette rounds out the top five. Mm, and that's the press. 
Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. All right, big game tonight. Bolts a point and a half dog at home, although it'll be probably a prohibitive uh, uh, Cowboys home game. What, what about you, Byer? What do you think of the game? Gosh, you know, I... I understand that the line in Jason Stewart, the birthday boy, was not happy that his Chargers were the underdogs. I think they can use that to their advantage. I like the Chargers to win straight up tonight. Don't even need the points. Everybody's back healthy. I think it'll be a good atmosphere, and I think they'll relish and win. Chase, do you got five seconds? Are you picking? He doesn't have a microphone right now. No, his mic doesn't work. Yes. All right, let's just sing to him. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday to you. Ooh, yeah. Happy birthday to Happy you. Birthday. Happy birthday, dear Jason. Happy birthday to you. Got the Chargers tonight. Got the Chargers tonight. Stuck Outleap Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. At- 